So I believe in an increase of converging technologies such as AI, with IoT, with blockchain, and so forth. So for example, having a digital supply chain twin that could provide a full end-to-end -end visibility with predictive analytics, but also with probabilistic scenario modeling that will allow proactive decision-making and adaptive planning, but also embracing, as I mentioned before, a dynamic network orchestration that will allow on-demand partnership Hello, my name is Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to what is the 50th episode of the Future of Supply Chain podcast. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for a year now. And I'm sure we have a wonderful episode in store. And to tell you about it, I'm joined by my co-host, Sin. Thank you, Richard. Hi, everyone. My name is Sin and I'm a marketer, blogger and podcaster here at SAP. And as Richard said, we will be talking to none other than our great colleague and supply chain expert, Carlos Portillo, about a super hot topic, namely the ever-growing role of artificial intelligence, AI in supply chain. So welcome, Carlos, and great to have you on our podcast series. Could you please take a moment to introduce yourself and give some insights into your role at SAP? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. So hi, Richard. Hi, Sin. So uh, first of all, I want to thank you for hosting me in this podcast on the future of supply chain. So highly appreciated. Hello, everyone. My name is Carlos Portillo. I am part of the SAP Cloud ERP organization as the global product marketing lead. And my main responsibility is to define the artificial intelligence go-to-market strategy. Thank you so much. So whether in the business or consumer segment, customers don't like to wait until a product is available, right? Imagine empty store shelves, either in traditional retail or online, where your desired products are not immediately available. A nightmare, isn't it? And this is not only annoying for us customers, but also for a competitive advantage for companies. And why? Because the answer lies in the future, more precisely in forward planning and supply chain management, for example. So accurate forecasts are therefore essential in order to reliably predict the quantity of demand for a specific product for a specific period of time. And actually the secret behind these precise forecasts is artificial intelligence. But Carlos, can you please explain us what exactly is AI? Yeah, sure. So it stands for artificial intelligence. I guess everybody knows about it. So AI is a branch of computer science that basically deals with creating systems that can simulate human intelligence in order to perform a specific task or a specific operations. This can include, for example, learning. It could be problem solving. It could be understanding natural language. It could be assessing new situations and adapting to those new situations and so forth. Yeah. So basically, AI can have a wide range of applications across various different industries and also line of businesses. So AI comes in all shapes and sizes. We hear lots of different terms. We, we hear AI, we hear gen AI, machine learning, automation sometimes fall un under AI. So what different types of AI are there and, and how are they different? There is a vast and diverse amount of AI types and, and all of the AIs have different purposes. So just trying to explain will require a full workshop and it would need to engage also data scientists. But I can try to simplify the answer by grouping them into what non-data scientist audience will be more used to. 
And this will be traditional AI, machine learning, and generative AI. Still with this grouping that I'm doing right now, I will be overlooking other important categories that would not fit into those classifications. And this could be, for example, computer science, robotics, autonomous AI, and many others. But let's keep it into those three, just to simplify that discussion. So what are the differences between traditional AI, machine learning, and, and generative AI? Yeah, sure. So if we go back in time, the early approaches of AI was traditional AI. And basically it was creating systems that rely on predefined rules and logic to perform a specific task. They are also known as rule-based AIs and it enables them to perform a task based on predetermined instructions, predetermined conditions and constraints. It is still largely used and uh, for example, it is used in industrial automation to control manufacturing processes, to monitor equipment performance for quality control and many others. Machine learning involves the development of algorithms and statistical models that are trained on a specific data set to make predictions or decisions without being explicitly programmed. This can be, for example, to identify data patterns, to do uh, data correlations, to do forecasting or predictions, or to run optimization algorithms as well. And last one is generative AI. Just like the name implies, it is a type of AI that is capable of creating or generating new content. Yeah, and what we are very familiar with is like, for example, generating images. We see right now there's a, a trend in applications where you can just say, I want, for example, an astronaut sitting on a horse in the moon. Yeah, so it's generating that type of images. It could also be, for example, generating text. So I have a potential prompt where I'm writing some questions and it's responding back to me. And that is typical in co-pilots, in digital assistants, for example, in Siri, in um, Amazon, Echo Dot, for example, and many others. It could also be used to generate music or even to generate synthetic data. Yeah? So uh, those are the three classifications that I would say, traditional AI, machine learning, and generative AI. Generative AI is really exciting to me because I think it really opens up access to all of the data behind the scenes that the human brain usually can't compute. And the other thing is on this episode, for example, there are three different people talking who have three different first languages. <laughs> yeah. I, I thank both of you for choosing mine to do the podcast in because <laughs> I don't speak yours. But it means that you can talk to a system in your language and get answers in your language yeah. and in your terminology. So I think it really is going to make a, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, it, it is indeed a game changer, but I would just like to say that Generative AI just by itself could have strength, but also it has weaknesses. Depends I, how I, you ask the question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that the power of AI is when we can combine all of the different models. Yeah. So having a hybrid AI approach, we can discuss that later on if, if you like. Actually, let's start getting into that type of discussion because you've talked in general about AI and the different types of AI. Yeah. But this is future of supply chain podcast. So let's talk specifically about examples of in the context of supply chain. Yeah. Um, so how do you see AI already improving and having the potential to improve supply chain processes moving forward? 
Certainly. So what I try to do is to explain some examples of traditional AI, machine learning, and also Gen AI and how they're being applied in supply chain. Because right now, with the, just the definitions, I think we still don't have a clear understanding of the boundaries between them and the, the scope that each one of them can provide in supply chain. Yeah, so let's start with first with traditional AI examples. Let's look at expert systems for inventory management. And in this system, the, the traditional AI will be able to do calculations and provide insights into, for example, what could be the optimal stock level, what could be the reorder point, and what could be the inventory allocation. And all that is based on predefined rules and industry best practices. Yeah, what is the business value of it? It can help reducing inventory levels across the supply chain. It could help in reducing stockouts and reduced uh, lost sales, for example. Another example of traditional AI can be rule-based resource allocation, where the traditional AI system could efficiently plan and allocate resources based on priority, based on skills, based on location of the resources, based on the availability of the resources. Uh, and this can help in increasing resource utilization and maximizing resource efficiency. Another example of traditional AI can be, for example, uh, when we're doing rule-based production scheduling and we have the AI system creating a production workflow sequence that is looking to increase resource utilization, minimizing setup time, minimizing cycle time, and minimizing manufacturing costs. But now let's go and see what is the difference with machine learning examples in supply chain. Yeah, so for machine learning, I can add predictive analytic scenarios. For example, predictive maintenance, which have been a use case that has been uh, promoted uh, quite some, uh, a lot from SAP and many other uh, vendors as well. So predictive maintenance for equipments, we normally have a machine learning model that is analyzing historic equipment performance data combined with real-time equipment sensor data. And with this, it's predicting maintenance needs. And it can help to reduce on-plan downtimes or increase asset performance or increase asset availability. Another example of machine learning applied in supply chain can be dynamic pricing optimization, where the machine learning model could analyze demand fluctuations, competitors' pricing and market conditions, and then adjust the price to maximize the revenue and profit based on real-time data and predictive analytics. Another one very commonly used is predictive analytics for supplier lead time optimization. Uh, so the model, the machine learning model could combine historic data with real-time data to analyze and predict what is the supplier lead time variability, and then use it to optimize the supplier relationship and enhance uh, supply chain efficiencies. Now let's look at it from a generative AI point of view. And for example, let's talk about enhanced demand prediction. I want to address this first from a machine learning perspective. Yeah, if we see demand forecasting from a machine learning perspective, we would be analyzing a specific data set of historic sales trends per product, customer, location, and the output will be a forecast uh, of, of its demand. Now, so, if that, we... so that example is looking at history. It's looking at the past and predicting the future. It's looking in example, yeah, for demand forecasting, we're looking at historic sales data. It could be also right. seasonal historic data that we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, if we add the generative AI point of view, 
since the word is generating AI, the Gen AI could be creating synthetic probabilistic scenarios. Some examples is like, what if this, what if that? And that probabilistic synthetic scenario can be based on not only historic data, but also it can be on data that we are receiving from external sources and real time. Then we can run simulations in all of those scenarios, and this can help in order to optimize inventory levels, reduce logistic costs, improve customer satisfaction. Another very interesting use case of generative AI could be, for example, to simulate complex logistic networks. So we imagine we currently have uh, our logistic networks. What if we have a generative AI that could create and generate alternative logistic networks and then simulate to predict what could be the outcome of various supply chain strategies under different conditions? And then that output can be used for demand forecasting, route optimization, inventory management, etc. Another example is if we want to maximize the layout of warehouses, that we could have Gen AI creating and simulating different warehouse layouts and then dynamically and automatically adjusting the layout configuration based on what was the best solution that has been assessed by the AI. And lastly, there is a very common use case which I think is leading in the trend of supply chain, which is on product development, where generative AI can generate a wide range of product design options based on specific constraints, objectives, market trends, customer sentiments, materials, etc. Now, as I mentioned before, it is very important to understand that each type of AI has its unique strength, but also their weaknesses. So in many situations, having a hybrid model like I mentioned before, can be beneficial when aiming to leverage the strength of each approach in order to address multi-layered or very complex challenges. Some of the generative AI examples I gave right now are hybrid scenarios. We have a generative AI that is creating synthetic data or synthetic scenarios that then can be used to do data augmentation for training machine learning models, for example, or also for assessing and simulating multiple probabilistic scenarios. That whole simulation is really interesting to me as well, because next week we've got a, a podcast actually that's talking about the impact of the blockages in the Red Sea and the Suez Canal. And the one you just talked about with the logistics network is very relevant there. Yep. Because you need to have, what does it mean if I can't go this way? How do I plan to do different things? Which different logistics providers do I need to leverage? How much more is it going to cost? How much longer is it going to take? Exactly, yeah. And all of that you need instantaneously to make those decisions. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, right. I think for now, there are also a lot of companies who are actually already having some kind of AI, whereas it is in machines or in form of machine learning. But as you said, there are three different types of AI and most of them, they're using this kind of hybrid model. And right now I'm just thinking of if a company is now considering using AI, I guess that they should first understand the three different types of AI, right? To have a better idea and understanding of what they want to integrate and how they want to use it for what kind of purposes and what they want to use out of this kind of data result and to take some actions. Yes. So, but apart from that, if they have to decide to adapt or to implement Gen AI, right now, if we just put the focus on Gen AI, what is it that they should 
consider if they want to implement only Gen AI. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, if we see SAP strategy, we're looking into providing not only traditional and machine learning um, AIs, but also Gen AI fully embedded in the business applications. Yeah. So when considering the use of Gen AI, I would say there are three main factors that is part of the SAP business AI strategy that companies should carefully consider. And these are the same factors that our business AI development has from a development approach point of view. These are reliability, responsibility, and relevant. Uh, so in the context of SAP business AI, SAP ensures that our AI scenarios are reliable by training our AI models on industry and business process data, and also by having AI fully embedded in our business applications and also uh, fully embedded in end-to-end -end business processes. From a responsibility point of view, we need to ensure that there is an ethical use of the data and ensuring the highest level of concern on data security, data privacy, data compliance, ethics, but also uh, from a responsibility point of view, we need to provide transparency on how the AI scenarios are being used and how they are being delivered. Yeah. And lastly, uh, from a relevance point of view, we need to make sure that the AIs are actually providing a business value to companies. Yeah. And this is very important to mention because uh, as we have discussed there, it's not only traditional AI, machine learning and generative AI. Under each of those groups, we have so many different models. If we see within each of those groupings, we have so many different types and models of AIs. We're talking about genetic algorithms. We're talking about neural networks. We're talking about regression analysis. We're talking about deep learning and many others yeah, that companies could lose sight into uh, what is the business value that AIs could bring? Uh, because many companies could just tend to focus on a technology point of view, but not necessarily on what is the output that they're looking for. Yeah. So based on the output and then the business challenge that they want to address, there is a need to assess what type of AI I'm going to be using. Yeah. It's going to be a traditional AI, a machine learning, or a combination of them and having Gen AI on top of it. It's interesting you started all of that with you need reliable data and it seems like we've been talking about reliable data ever since i've come into the software industry and the term garbage in garbage out always came up and it seems like with ai it's garbage in garbage out on steroids if you haven't yeah. got the right data to start with or you've got biased data or you've got erroneous data so uh, it's critical that whole concept of being relevant reliable and responsible is key to success when we're talking about AI, AI more than ever. Yeah, totally. And, and that is why SAP follows these three factors on each development approach that we have for business AI, uh, because we need to make sure that the use cases are relevant, that are minimizing biases, that are minimizing hallucinations, that is grounded on the business content and business processes of, of our customers. Yeah, we're making sure that we're following ethics, data privacy, data security regulations, etc. And we're also making sure that whatever we're delivering to our customers as off-the-shelf, ready-to-use AI scenarios are actually giving value to them and that are actually helping them achieve their business objectives. That totally makes sense uh, because otherwise it wouldn't be of any use for the customer, right? So you mentioned SAP Business AI. 
Can you say how is SAP Business AI also helping companies if they consider to use or to adopt AI technologies in their supply chain? Yeah. So there are multiple ways on how SAP can assist companies. And so from one side, SAP is heavily investing in providing off-the-shelf, ready-to-use AI scenarios that are fully integrated and embedded into end-to-end -end business processes. This will allow companies to benefit from those AI capabilities that we're offering in order to enhance significantly their supply chain operations. Secondly, there could be some scenarios, AI scenarios that customers might be looking for that might not be within the SAP AI pipeline. So SAP is also providing a technology platform called SAP Business Technology Platform, also known as BTP, that offers various AI services for customers to build their AI scenarios. That same technology stack is used by SAP to develop the cloud applications and also our AI scenarios. It offers a seamless integration of AI capabilities into SAP cloud solutions. It allows to extend application functionality and interfacing also with niche applications, but also it opens the door to real-time data for advanced decision-making supported by AI and machine learning. Thirdly, there is a vast ecosystem of partners that are in full alignment with SAP, who are also developing, delivering, and implementing AI scenarios. And those AI scenarios that partners are developing are also based on SAP BTP technology. And lastly, every business transformation is not only about a technological adoption, but also we're thinking about a strategy and business process transformation. So SAP has strategic partnerships with management consultant firms to provide expert advice and guidance on various areas, such as strategy development, operational improvement, organizational changes, technology implementations, and so forth. So, Carlos, we're coming to the end of the podcast, and we ask each victim or guest on the podcast the same question at the end. And I'm sure you will have a very interesting take on this. But from your perspective, what is the future of supply chain? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. It's a very tough question to answer. And I definitely wish I could have the ability to predict what will be the supply chain of the future. However, I can base my response on what we see as market trends or also what business analysts are saying and what we're also receiving from a customer feedback point of view. So from one side, I think there is an increase in digitalization, not only in supply chain, in many other line of businesses. And this will bring an increased cybersecurity vulnerabilities to businesses that will require more robust uh, security measures. And those security measures could be powered by AI in order to protect against data breaches, uh, ransomware attacks, and disruptions. Also, ba based on what we're seeing on how uh, evolving trade dynamics, but also we see a lot of geopolitical tensions and a lot of protectionist policies that are racing, that could also lead to trade uncertainty. It could also lead to tariff fluctuations and regulatory complexities that would challenge supply chain resilience and also global sourcing strategies. If we see it from a customer-centric point of view, there could be a huge need to adapt to hyper-personalized, on-demand customer expectations that will require supply chain to invest, to heavily invest in anticipatory logistics, flexible fulfillment models, and seamless customer experiences. 
also what we've seen is how fast technology is evolving and how also it's being applied. So I believe in an increase of converging technologies such as AI with IoT, with blockchain and so forth. So for example, having a digital supply chain twin that could provide a full end-to-end visibility with predictive analytics, but also with probabilistic scenario modeling that will allow proactive decision-making and adaptive planning, but also embracing, as I mentioned before, a dynamic network orchestration that will allow on-demand partnership, just as you mentioned, uh, Richard, agile value chain configuration, and adaptive logistics to respond to changing market dynamics, local or global disruptions, and customer demands. But lastly, I think also that uh, there is a big shift also towards uh, circular economy practices, emphasizing waste reduction, sustainable product innovation, and reverse logistics to minimize environmental impact and maximize resource efficiency. I think it was Mark Twain that once said, making predictions is hard, especially about the future. So nice job there. Hey, Carla, thanks for a great conversation. It's been really interesting and enlightening. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you so much, Sin, for the invite. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. And check into the show notes to get some more information about business AI and AI across the supply chain. But until next time, from Carlos, Sin and I, thanks for discussing the future of supply chain.